Hi again. It's 3.40 a.m. And yeah, I'm up in the middle of the night again. Desmond's sleeping, so I have some peace and quiet. And actually, Maggie is sleeping. She seemed to be the biggest distraction in my last podcast, Meowing Up a Storm. I got some feedback, constructive feedback, about my last podcast. I was told that I'm doing a little bit of because of my um, shitty microphone. So I ordered a neck brace to wear around my neck that will hold my iPhone in front of my head so I don't have to use a plug-in microphone, what I'm using right now. I, I have that old school kind of headphone set with a wire attached. Um, I just don't like the Bluetooth ones that look like cum dripping out of your ears. It's so weird to me, so I don't use those. Plus, you have to charge them all the time. Ain't nobody got time for that. So, I got some sad news today from my very dear friend, Ike Willis. He, if you don't know, was singer and guitar player for Frank Zappa for many, many years. And, um... I'm not going to tell you what happened, but he has a medical issue. I'm going to try to get him on the show. He's very um, <clears throat> challenged when it comes to cell phone technology, but hopefully his wife, Denise, can get him plugged in so that we can have him on the podcast. I plan on having a lot of my musician friends join in and uh, chat. So look forward to that. And I did help Ike. I created a GoFundMe for him at the start of the pandemic, which earned about $8,000. Because a lot of musicians are struggling during the pandemic, especially ones that, you know, played with Frank Zappa. I mean, he was not a very um, prosperous genre in music. I mean, that's why he wrote a book called No Commercial Potential. Because a record company literally told Frank, your music has no commercial potential. So imagine his alumni are not rolling in dough. Well, actually, Steve Vai is doing pretty well because he's Steve fucking Vai. <laughs> so there's that. Speaking of Zappa, another very close friend of mine is Frank Zappa's sister, the last remaining family member of the core Zappa family. I'm not talking about Frank's kids. I'm talking about Frank... Frank's family, his sisters and his brothers and parents, they're all passed. The only one left is Patrice. So I'm very, very surprised and saddened to know that when Patrice lost her husband, I think it was February 4th, just a month, a little over a month ago, not one of Frank's kids, he has four, reached out to her with condolences, flowers, a phone call, an email, a text, nothing. I hold them in high regards, don't get me wrong. I love Frank's kids, and I do not permit any bashing of Frank's kids in my Facebook Frank Zappa group. However, I really wish they would reach out to Patrice and say, hey, Aunt Patrice, we're really sorry for your loss. You know, we only live once, you got to shower your people with some love. You've got to give them some of that love, you know? So, I mean, you know, if you know who I am, you must know that I absolutely love Frank Zappa music. Pardon my voice today, by the way. I start to sound like Dr. Fauci when I'm talking, like, <sighs> I have a bit of a cold. Um, my house is usually pretty cold. I mean, it's oil heated, so I'm pretty frugal with the, with the oil because it costs a shitload. Plus, it's a huge... I rent a huge house. I don't own the house. I rent it. And I don't like commitments like buying stuff. So anyways, um, I got a cold. So you're going to hear some sniffles, gravelly throat noises, maybe a cough, probably a few burps, and my floor is creaking. But yeah, I don't have time to sit down at a desk with a giant telefunken U47 microphone and make it sound perfect. So it's going to have to, it's going to have to do. Um, I might even just talk my book 
on my podcasts because I don't have time to sit down and write it either. I'm super busy. So I'm trying to get my book out in English, my life story. And by the way, every single person I've ever met in my life has a story in them. Everybody has a story. Even if you think you don't have the most exciting story, you still have a story. Your family history, things you've done, things you've seen, shit that's happened to you. I believe everyone has a book or two in them, whether it's your life story or some fiction. So I want to get my book out in English because I feel like I need to take a mental crap and get it out. My head feels full of all this information. I just want to get it out onto paper or on to audio or whatever so that I can um, clear up some RAM space in my brain for other stuff. You know, I really do feel like I have to get the book out. And I wish I could have someone come to my house and follow, uh, follow me around with a tape recorder and interview me and just write it all down. And I would supply all the thousands of rock star pictures that I have. But I really do not have time to sit down and type all that shit. It just, ah. I mean, it's three o'clock in the morning. And I'm just now having free time to, not even free time. I'm behind in other stuff. But I'm doing this podcast because I feel like it. I'm standing in my little rock and roll museum here. I have a massage room. Wall-to-wall rock star photographs. It's kind of like the Hard Rock Cafe here in this room, which also doubles as a karaoke room. You might have seen some of my videos on Facebook. You might not. But I do have great speakers, microphones, a mixing board. Small one, but it works. So when I do have friends over, we rock out and we do karaoke till three or four in the morning. And anyways, all of these photographs help me piece the story together. And um, I might start doing that. I might just start from the beginning and um, just drop the book on the, out as a podcast. What do you think about that? Let me know. You know, message me on Facebook or on um, Telegram. Whatever, send smoke signals. I do have a spare cell phone, and I'm thinking about dropping that phone number so that people can text me with questions and stuff. Because I don't think it's easy to get people on as a guest. I do have a girlfriend I want to bring on, Janine. She lives out in California. Funny, she's from Connecticut just like I am, and we've been friends online for over 15 years. And we have a very, very funny banter when we talk, so I'm going to have her on. We're trying to figure out how to um, get guests on. We're trying to figure this shit out. And uh, it says it already ended. No. Hmm. Yeah, see, I'm trying to invite her on. And oh, there's my cat meowing already. Here you go. Uh, yeah, well, it's trial and error, isn't it? Just like anything. The podcast is a challenge. Here comes my cat. She's already going to start bothering me. Uh, yeah. She distracts me. And you're going to hear some crazy wind sounds in the background. It's very windy right now in New Jersey. And wind coming down my chimney and making crazy noises. But yeah, so I wanted to talk about um, why I'm heading towards Telegram more and more rather than Facebook. I think you've noticed the cancel culture. <laughs> I mean, you have to live in a cave if you don't notice it. I'm not down with it. I don't like it. Um, I mean, it started long ago, didn't it, with people, the government trying to censor rock and roll lyrics. So Frank Zappa and Dee Schneider... <laughs> went to court <clears throat> against Tipper Gore to secure their rights, their First Amendment rights to freedom of speech, etc. But now it's back with a vengeance. People get canceled left and right. I mean, Louis C.K., who I fucking love, everyone got pissed at him because um, I think the Me Too movement squashed him. Hang on for a second, I have to have a drink. The Me Too movement um, reared its head, and girls that he dated 
decades ago came out and said, yeah, I was dating him and he wanked off in front of me. He literally jerked off in front of me. Okay. This is what I have to say about that. First of all, if you're dating someone and they ask permission, they say, hey, do you want to see me rub one out? Do you want to see me jerk off? Do you want to see me wank off? Whatever you want to call it. Choke my chicken, beat my meat. And they, and the girl says, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, I'll watch. And you do it. And she says, okay. Then shut the fuck up about it. You don't come out 15 years later for some spotlight time for some money and, and complain about it. Louis whipped out his ginger dick in front of me and wanked up. I hate that. I mean, come on. The fuck is wrong with people? Seriously, like, if I could chime in in the rules, I would say, if something happened to you, you got six months to come up to the plate and complain about it. Six months. If someone molested you, raped you, did something to you that you don't like, nasty, this and that, beat you up or raped you up, whatever it is, you got six months to come forward and talk about that shit to the police, authorities, the press, whatever it is. And if you don't, then shut the fuck up. Can't bring that shit out decades later. I get it that some people are going to say, oh, but people are shy. People are intimidated. People are afraid. Um, yeah, but you know what? You got you to gotta come up to the bat and say it. You got to tell someone. You can't sandbag decades later. It makes you look like an asshole and it destroys people's lives. I fucking love Louis C.K. He cracks me up. I don't care. Oh, and Pee Wee Herman. Wait a second. Let's go way back then. Look at him. So what? He wanked off in a adult erotic film theater. So? It's not like he did it in the parking lot of McDonald's or something. You know, whatever. He, he was in the appropriate atmosphere. That's what you do in there, right? Come on. Ah, everyone's so anal. They let certain shit slide, you know, burning shit down. Oh, that's okay. But you can't play with your dick in a a porn theater. I don't, I don't understand that mentality. You know, I mean, I've grown up backstage since like, since I'm 14, I've been going backstage. I have seen some shit go down. Okay. Mind you, I didn't look 14. I had, my boobs were pretty big already at 14 and I was dressed pretty sexy because I wanted to look older to get in free. So I've seen shit go down. Did I complain about it? Am I going to complain about it? No, 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 no. You shouldn't. I also feel bad for R. Kelly. I know R. Kelly. I've massaged him. He's fucking cool. And let me tell you something. The girls that are coming forward now saying that 20 years ago, R. Kelly banged them and they were 15 or something. Oh, God. Like, first of all, I was 15 looking like that, smoking hot, like dating Joey Ramone. If you put yourself in that atmosphere, if your little teenage ass is backstage and you're begging for some pop star and rock star action, well... Whose fault is it? Is it the man? The men don't say, hey, let me see your ID. They might now, but 20 years ago, they didn't. I mean, Jerry Lee Lewis married his fucking 14-year-old cousin, and I believe Elvis Presley started dating Priscilla when she was 15. I mean, oh, people, come on. Anyhow, I know R. Kelly, just a man. You throw in that young-ass pussy at them. What do you think they're going to do? I just think that they're attacking him and, and many other people for no reason. Just let that shit slide. There's bigger fish to fry. What the fuck? Anyhow, the Me Too movement, that's one thing. But the cancel culture, back to comedy. Like, I'm good friends with Jim Norton. He's very abrasive with his comedy. You must, If you don't know who he is, he used to be on Opie and Anthony. He's got a special kind of comedy. And... Right in the same vein as Lisa Lampanelli, who I love. And 
let's see who else. Sam Kennison, Andrew Dwight Clay, all of these comedians, like their humor wouldn't work now. You know, they just wouldn't. What's going to happen to Lisa Lampanelli? She has no chance now. No chance at all. And that's sad because humor should be a sacred, safe spot. We need humor. I'd have to say humor is equally as important as music. I, I mean, music is more universal, but humor makes life so pleasant. And to see all these comedians um, squirming now, they're just like, what the fuck are we going to do for a living now? We can't, they can't talk. You can't breathe without someone, you know, look at Sharon Osbourne. Wasn't she just canceled the other day? Because she said something sarcastic, sarcastic about Meghan Markle, the actress. She said something sarcastic about her on her talk show. And now she's fired and... Buried and, and Roseanne Barr. I love her. She's fucking hilarious. She said a, one funny comment on Twitter and her whole career's over. Oh my God. We're, we're, we're being so uh, suppressed, you know, especially this last year, right? I mean, it's been over a year now that we're locked down and we're getting um, thrown in Facebook jail. You're not allowed to say this. You're not allowed to say that. What the fuck? What happened to freedom, man? We need some freedom. Um, I used to feel free as a bird over a year ago, didn't you? Went out, raised hell, said whatever, did whatever. And now we're like all tiptoeing on eggshells. Like, oh, am I allowed to go here? Am I allowed to say that? Am I allowed to wear that? Am I allowed to do that? Um, trying to figure out a way to get around all that. I think if everybody speaks up about it and just says, fuck you, it'll be okay. But I did notice living over in Europe. I lived half my life in Germany. I'm not German, by the way. I have zero German blood. Zero. Oh, everyone thinks I'm German because of my last name, Stein. I was married to a guy named Ben Stein. Ben Stein, I swear to God. He was uh, 19 and I was 20. Long story. We can get into that if you want. Why not? But anyways, I want to say that the PC situation started over there and it's now worked its way over here. I did notice that. I noticed in Germany, if someone has it, you're not even allowed to have like a German flag hanging off your balcony or, or on your front lawn, off your house or anything. I've never seen that. Only time I saw it was during one of the World Cups. I think it was 2007, you know, the soccer World Cup. The Germans finally had the balls to wave their own flag. They are afraid to show any patriotism because of their guilty past. Okay? So they're not allowed to show their German flag. Shame on them. How dare you be patriotic? And so that has now come over here to America. They're shaming you for being patriotic. If you, You're not allowed to have an American flag. Like, oh, that's racist to have an American and what else? Okay. I noticed that in some of my friends in England, because even though I lived in Germany, I went to England a lot. I love England. I'm an Anglophile, 100%. They were getting, the police would come to their house over certain Facebook posts. I swear to God, it still happens. Whatever, If they post something that's unsavory online, um, Australia and England, the cops will come to your house. And what else? The police in England, Germany, and Australia, they're not armed. They have like nightsticks and shit. So what does that message send to criminals? Well, the cops aren't armed. They don't take them seriously. So, you know, you you really have to defend yourself over there because the cops will not come fucking rescue you. And what, that's happening here now, isn't it, in America? Kind of. You know, the police are like, fuck that. I'm not going to that area. That's too dangerous. So people have to fend for themselves. I've noticed the trend starts over there, like Europe, and is heading here now west to America. And I don't like p 
politically correct bullshit. I like to say whatever. I like people to say whatever. Not just me. I like people to feel comfortable with each other and just speak their mind and not be afraid of hurting everyone's feelings and stuff. I mean, come on, we've got to grow a pair. You know, remember that old thing, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Yeah, let's get back to that. Grow a fucking pair. Everyone's like, I'm offended. Well, yeah, go be offended then, okay? Go be offended. If Speedy Gonzalez and Pepe Le Pew offends you, then um, you better grow some thicker skin. Holy shit. And, well, that was my rant, you know. I don't want you to think I'm... Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I have to get out my pandemic frustrations before I can get comfy here in my podcast journey. I think everyone needs to vent about the, the pandemic. Fuck, we've been locked down. Can't sell. This is like the second St. Patrick's Day in a row. We haven't been able to, to go out and go wild, you know. Same thing's going to happen with Easter, blah, blah, blah. That two weeks to flatten the curve sure did fucking take long, didn't it? I mean, it's a year now. And... um Desmond still has not been to school. He's he's so wild now. It's unbelievable. Wow. If I say the word homework, freaks out. Um, Jeez. And I would like to travel. This is the longest I've ever gone without traveling somewhere. But, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm preaching to the choir, right? You're all in the same boat. You know what I need to get? (laughs) I have a can of air. That I use for my computer. And when Maggie's attacking me, my cat, I go like this. And she uh, gives me a break. See, she knows I'm trying to have some peace and quiet to do the podcast. And she's giving me shit. Because, hey, Desmond's not awake to give me shit. So somebody has to, right? Come on, mammals. Bring it on. Dot couldn't possibly have a minute of peace and quiet. No way. There's no way in hell. Ay, ay, ay. That mess I got into. I mean, I'm so happy I have a beautiful, healthy son. Don't get me wrong. I just wish I was I had used better judgment on which <laughs> person to have a kid with. I wasn't expecting that, by the way. That was a surprise. But, um, mm, you know, that's what happens when you follow your... Uh, Hmm. Groins, heart, emotions, feelings, rather than your fucking head. Use your head when it comes to deciding who to have a kid with. Take my advice. Oh my God. Doing this alone. Alone. Being a single parent during the pandemic. Holy crap. That's a book in itself, actually. I have so many books I want to write. I just don't have the time. I want to write a book about that. Calling it Anchor Baby. Desmond's situation there, Anchor Baby. I will not use names in that book because I don't want the other parental unit cashing in and complaining and all that stuff. But that's a book that's going to come out when I have time. And the other book about the rock star journey, the rock and roll Cinderella situation. Rags to riches, back to rags. (laughs) That book I'm going to call Before I Forget because I want to write that shit before I forget, you know? Like, how cool it was showing Robert Plant around Berlin, because I speak German and English, so I got to show a lot of rock stars around Berlin. It wasn't just going to the concert, massaging them. It was bringing them out to clubs, bringing them out to Kentucky Fried Chicken, to the bank, to do their laundry, whatever, the craziest shit. Um... Yeah, oh, good old Robert. <laughs> I have some funny stories. So the yeah, the book's got to come out someday. I need help. I really need help. So if you know someone who likes to type, let me know, okay? Because I don't. I don't like to type, especially on this laptop I have. The mouse pad. I have a MacBook Pro. The mouse pad is so big that my hands touch it all the time. It's a long story. 
everything's a long story. Have you ever heard of ASMR? I'm on Google now. ASMR. This word, ASMR, has popped up over the last couple of years in the YouTube comments of my bite massage videos. On YouTube, I have a channel, a YouTube channel. It's called Dr. Dot is Lovin' Life, written together without a G. Dr. Dot is Lovin' Life. I have a couple hundred videos on there. Every kind of video, travel videos, bite videos, crazy stuff. I look in the comment section of the videos and it usually says, oh, please make an ASMR bite massage video. And I'm like, what is, why do I feel like a fucking idiot when I don't know what S ASMR is? Am I supposed to know? I mean, I, I don't, I have not heard of it until recently. So ASMR means autonomous sensory meridian response. Sometimes autosensory meridian response is a tingling sensation, but typically begins on the scalp and moves down the back of the neck and upper spine. A pleasant form of parathesia. It's, um, there's a huge subculture of people who like to watch videos and listen to people whispering. So I'm going to make a bunch of videos of me fucking whispering. Um, seriously, I don't talk that loud in the house usually because I'm afraid to wake up Desmond, but People are begging me to make ASMR videos. I'm like, what is this shit? So I started watching other people's ASMR videos. And oh, freaking hell. You know, you need subtitles if you're trying to figure out what the fuck they're saying. But that's not what it's about. It's, it's about making people relax, popping bubble wrap, um, dragging your fingernails on the back of a wooden brush. Like, I guess these sounds turn not turn them on sexually, but makes them feel comfortable. I guess like the sound that you would hear when your mother would stroke your head when you were a child, you know, that kind of stuff. So I'm going to start making bite videos or take my, my already existing bite videos. I'm going to sew them together, together, together. I'm going to sew them together (laughs) on iMovies, remove the sound, and then I'm going to overdub it with sounds like this. <laughs> I'm going to fucking do that just to see what the response is because the people who make these ASMR videos, they have like millions of followers. I don't, I got to get a better microphone. So I didn't know that I had a ASMR following that are hungry for more. And it's not just about sounds. There's one video of mine titled Elvis Gets the Bite Massage. I have a friend named Ralph Carey. He's, he's an Elvis Presley impersonator. He used to live in my exact town, but now he lives in Brooklyn with his girlfriend since the pandemic started. Anyways, that video has over 50,000 views. And in the comment section, there's a whole ASMR situation going on, right? And I was reading all the comments last night. I'm like, what the fuck? Everyone is pissed off that Elvis, a.k.a. Ralph, won't shut up in the video. He's talking, 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 talk, talk. He's not relaxing on the massage table. He's talking. That's because he does... uh, He's... Let me put this in a way that's not going to get anyone in trouble. He's always awake, okay? He's very awake. Let's just leave it at that. Very energetic, okay? And he will not relax. (laughs) But I needed him for the video because Russian TV came to my house. This was like two years ago. Paid me a couple thousand dollars to give an interview and to to bite someone. So I asked Elvis to come. I thought it would be funny. But all the people in the comment section are pissed that Elvis won't hold still. They're like, will you fucking put your head down? Just stop talking. So they all came to the conclusion the best way to watch that video is to turn off the sound. 
They want to see me bite people to get their ASMR fill, but they don't want to hear the banter between Elvis and I, which I think is funny. But I have this these ASMR people on my ass. They want the bite massage, but they don't want the noise. There's my cat again running. Um, so I don't know. That's a strange thing. Am I the only one that's just now heard about ASMR? Um, I don't know. Let me know because I feel uneducated about it. I'm interested. I like to give people what they want. I'm up for a challenge. I'm definitely going to start making, I'm going to add a new um, section to my video channel, like a, a video playlist. I have bite massage playlist. I have um, testimonial playlist. I'm going to make a, a, a ASMR playlist. Like, like I have fucking time for that, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to whisper and make crackling noises and shit. I definitely need a better microphone for sure. I really would like to bring my friend on in this uh, podcast, but we don't know how. We're fucking lost. So there's that. You're stuck with me, I guess. So how long has this been going on now, this podcast? I mean, I did Google how long does a podcast last usually, and they said the average podcast lasts uh, 38 minutes. So... I mean, we're aiming for that, I guess. I don't want to talk too long. I don't want to talk too little. Um, but I think it's it's pretty easy, if you don't mind the, the background noise. Um, there's so much background noise, I'm sure, right? You got my cat running from room to room going, <coughs> bitching at me, because I'm not doing what she wants. She wants me to get the laser out and play the fucking laser game, and I'm not, because I'm busy, and she's pissed. So she's blackmailing me with noise. Then I have now my old-fashioned radiators heating up and all this other stuff. I'd like to just play music. I, To be honest, I'd like to have a radio show where I could play music in between the banter. I'd be playing some Zappa, some Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, some blues, some jazz. You know, I'll figure out how to do it. We're just getting started here. Just getting started. I bet you're thinking, why did you tease me about Robert Plant and then just not go back to it? All right, I'll get I'll get to Robert Plant, and then I'll go. First time I met Robert Plant was at Live Aid in Philadelphia. I had been writing snail mail letters to Alan Dunn, who used to be Mick Jagger's personal manager, the Rolling Stones logistic manager, because I was such a giant Stones fan. I was writing him letters for a couple years in a row. Where did I get his address? Well, it was on the back of some Stones albums and this and that. If you, if you, if you want something bad enough, you get it. I found the address and I was writing to him, sending him pictures of myself. Sweet old dot at 1617. And that was before emails and cell phones, okay? So he called me at my house in Connecticut I was going to the 11th and 12th grade in Connecticut back at my aunt's and granddad's house. And my aunt's like, Dot, um, a guy named Alan Dunn's on the phone. He has an English accent. And I was out in the backyard doing jumping jacks. So I, I run in the house. I'm like, hello. And he's like, hello, Dot. It's Alan Dunn. I'm like, oh, hey. So he's like, I'm going to be in America. I'm going to be in Philadelphia for Live Aid. Would you like to come? I'm like, Oh, yeah, you think? He did not offer transportation, but he told me if I get there a couple days before the event, he can put me up at the Four Seasons. So I was like, all right, I'm out of here. I hitchhiked. <laughs> and luckily, luckily, a car full of people from my town picked me up because they were heading down there too. I can't believe I'm still alive, actually, for the stuff I've done, like hitchhiking here and there and doing all this stuff. Oh, my God. I got there at 4 o'clock in the morning. So I think Live Aid was on a Saturday. I arrived the the night before Friday at 4 a.m. He put me up, and in the morning, he really... No, I arrived Thursday, 
late night, which would be Friday at 4 a.m. So Friday morning, wake up. I had my own sofa in his room, okay? He was a gentleman. And, and I had long bleach blonde hair and giant boobs. So I got away with murder. Anyways, he would brought me down to the restaurant in the Four Seasons every morning and sat me with Led Zeppelin, I swear to God. <laughs> it was Robert Plant, John Paul Jones, and Jimmy Page. Oh, God, he was so hot. <laughs> and their manager, his name is Rex Smith. Rexy. Sexy Rexy. Rex Smith. He's also a tour manager for Metallica and The Who. So I've known him since Live Aid, okay? So Alan would bring me down in the morning and sit me with these guys every morning for four days in a row and say, um, hey, Rexy, can you look after, look out, could you look after Dot? I've got to take care of Mick. So Alan would take off and take care of Mick, Jagger, okay? And I would be forced to have breakfast <laughs> with Led Zeppelin. I, I totally acted cool. Inside, I was like, oh my God, I'm having breakfast with Led Zeppelin. You fucking <laughs> but I was totally chill. I was like, Jimmy, can you pass me the butter, please? Like, totally just chilling. Um, and they were asking me what I do. And I'm like, well, I do give massages. I'm not professional at it yet, but I give the best massage. And looking forward to seeing the show. And, you know, just chit-chat. And, okay, you have to admit, Jimmy was, I mean, I have to admit, Jimmy was flirting a little bit. Um, they non, None of them knew how old I was, okay? I did not look my age. Look at pictures of me with that blonde hair. And those jugs, and you, you would definitely think I'm 21. No doubt about it. That was, that was the plan, by the way. So, would eat breakfast, hang out. I, I have pictures from then, but I had like a 35 millimeter camera. And it wasn't that easy to get pictures of people. Because the bigger your camera, the more um, cautious people are. If you have a shitty little disc camera or something, people don't give a fuck. But you have a 35 millimeter camera, people are like, Ugh. well, I had both. So anyhow, I got to see Live Aid. I was in the press pit at some point. I was backstage all the time, had a backstage pit. VVVIP fucking was great. In the press pit and also on the, on the soundboard. There is a picture of me in a red dress on the soundboard. In the background, you can see the Live Aid stage. It was 102 degrees that day, boiling. And um, so that was the first time I met Robert. They were all sweet, kind, gentlemen. Everything was great. And the whole Live Aid story, that could go on and on for hours. It was an amazing time. Um, so then the next time I saw Robert was in 93. I was... Flying home from Belfast, Belfast, Northern Ireland, I had to change planes in London to go back to Berlin. And at the airport, all in one day in Heathrow, all in that one day, I was alone. I met Robert Plant, Johnny Cash and his wife and son, and a pop star from England named Samantha Fox, who had giant jugs. All the guys in England loved Samantha Fox because she was she was hot stuff. That was like their version of Pam Anderson at the time. But I knew I know what these people look like, so I saw them and walked up to them. You know, they weren't all together. It was just like I was there. I had like a five hour layover, and during those five hours, I met <laughs> those three people. I got Johnny Cash's autograph. I wish to God. I would have asked for a photo, but I didn't. I was just chatting with them for a while, and I got his autograph. Oh, I'm so pissed at myself. I would, oh, I would love to have a picture of me and Johnny Cash. He's amazing. And I talked to Robert, and I was like, "Hey, Robert, remember me from Live Aid?" He's like, "Oh yeah, hello, doll." I remember at that point, I was um, no cell phone, all that stuff. So I just gave him my landline number. I said, "Oh, he said that he's coming to Berlin for a show, for a tour." He was going on tour opening for Lenny Kravitz. Look it up if you don't believe me. Look, one thing I'm going to tell you, when I tell you something, it's the truth, okay? It sounds crazy and outrageous. One thing I don't do is lie, okay? I don't. Robert Plant opened 
for Lenny Kravitz in 1993. The whole tour. In Europe. That would be unheard of in America, okay? But Lenny Kravitz was on fire at the time, so Robert Plant and his band had to open for Lenny. So he tells me, okay, I'm coming to Berlin. Give me a number, because I'd like to have a massage. That's what they say. They say massage. The Brits say massage. They don't say massage. They say, I'd like to have a massage. Like, all right, so here's my landline. And um, I didn't know when he was coming, but I was vacuuming one day and the phone rang. Landline phone. Pick it up. I'm like, hello? It's like, hello, doll. It's Robert. Robert Plant. I'm like, oh my God. Hey. Turn the vacuum off. What's up? He's like, I'm staying at the Intercontinental Hotel. Do you Have you got time to massage me? I've been playing tennis. My legs are killing me. I pulled a muscle or something, you know. So um, I went and massaged him and he was in town for almost a week. So I showed him and his band around Berlin every day and every night. You know, I would massage him and massage the band and I would take them out to clubs. I brought him to Abraxas. He didn't like that because, um, well, first I brought them to Quasimodo. It was a jazz club right down the street from their hotel, actually. And to be honest with you, Robert was kind of annoyed that no one recognized him. <laughs> so he's like, I want to leave. So we left. Then we went to Abraxas, which is like a soul club where they play soul music and all the brothers hang out and stuff. He, he liked that better because there's some sexy white German girls who go there just to pull some, you know, African dick. So it's got lots of hot chicks in there, right? And Robert was pleased with that. However, Robert didn't have an Afro big enough <laughs> for the chicks, so they weren't really into him. But they knew who he was, but they weren't. I don't know. He just really wanted a lot of attention, I'm telling you. Then, um, that's how rock stars are. They, when they're, especially when they're on tour, they have this mm, performance, performance mentality and they can't turn it off. And that's what makes, that's what makes a good performer. You know, you can't be shy and, and introverted if you're going to be in front of thousands of people. You have to be a showman. Or a show woman. And he is. So there's that. I get that. I totally get that. And then we went to another club. I cannot remember which one that I wrote it down somewhere. I can't remember. It was a it was wicked late at night. That one. When Germans have discos and clubs, I'm telling you, they don't close until like 10, 11 in the morning. You have to be able to say to yourself, okay, I'm going home now. You can't stay until the club closes. Because they have clubs that never fucking close. It's crazy. And anyone who's been to Berlin knows that. So, and then I went to the show and, and Robert was, I have to say, not happy about opening for Lenny. Who would be? It's Robert fucking Plant of Led Zeppelin. You have to imagine that's a very hard blow to his ego. Very hard blow. So Lenny would come into Robert's dressing room gloating, gloating as fuck. And sit down on the couch, put one arm around me, one arm around my girlfriend, Mickey, from Sweden, in Robert's dressing room, had his arms around Robert's female guest, okay? Like, it was, <laughs> I got a picture of that, too, of me and Lenny at that moment. Um, <laughs> oh, and by the way, I lent Robert my chess box set of blues cassettes. It was like a... Chess Records has a had a um, collection of blues cassettes. They released all at once. I think there was like 10 of them. I lent him like seven or eight of them, and he never gave them back. Never, ever lend a rock or pop star or rap star or whatever. Never lend an artist anything. You'll never get it back. It's not that they're stingy or selfish or something. They just lose shit and forget. You can never, you'll never get them back. I also lent a book, a breastfeeding book, to Lauren Hill, called The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding by Lalechi League. Never got that back either. But whatever. Um, you know, comes with the territory. If you lend something out, you just consider it a gift because you never get it back. And yeah, so that's, um, I mean, the story about Robert Plant can go on and on and on. Lots of stuff happened. But that's, that's how we cross paths. And plus, great thing is, he still 
uses my massage company. I mean, not now because of the fucking pandemic, but when Robert goes on tour, he reaches out wherever he is, whether it's fucking Utah, Toronto, England, Germany, he and or his manager will email me and say, hey, we're in Denmark or whatever. I need a dot bot. That's what my massage employees are called. I have them all over the world. I have 928 massage employees. Well, some of them are also chiropractors and acupuncturists, but they're all over the world. You can look on my website. I'm not trying to plug my fucking website either. Just saying. I have employees all over. They all wear my Dr. Dot shirt. And whenever a rock star or a pop star or rap star or whatever athlete is on tour, they know that they can call me 24 hours a day and say, hey, I need a massage, especially when they're on tour. And because nobody's been touring for a year, um, I'm fucked. You know, that's how I make my money. I can't fly around the world and massage people anymore. So I have my dot bots all over and I get 20% of what they make. So if I send someone to massage Robert Plant in London and the massage costs 150 pounds, I get 20% of that, which is only 30 pounds. But still, a couple of those per day was keeping me and Desmond com comfy, you know? And that shit hasn't happened in a year. I mean, we did have um, a couple bookings over the year from Joe Jackson and some rapper, Roddy Rich. Roddy Rich is a rapper, a young, very young rapper out in LA. He was ordering dot bots like a couple months ago, every day for like a couple weeks in a row. We were like, woohoo. And then my very good friend, Joe Jackson, you know, Joe Jackson, not Michael Jackson's fucking father, Joe Jackson. Is she really going out with him? That Joe Jackson. He and I are close mates. We are fucking besties, okay? I love him. He loves me. We're totally best friends. We love each other. He gets the occasional massage in Berlin or London or New York, but that's not enough to stay afloat. It's not enough. Who else? Oh yeah. The pitcher of the Mets. He lives somewhere down in Orlando right now. He's been getting massages lately, a couple, but like I said, the massage industry is, has taken a big hit as well as the music industry. Oh my God. Just think about this. I'm, I'm talking way too long. This is a wicked long podcast. But just think about this. The music industry is so fucked. Not just the musicians themselves, but all the people who work for musicians, okay? You got the production manager, tour manager, tour manager assistant, production manager assistant, wardrobe lady, the caterers, all of the caterers, and all the roadies. You know how many fucking roadies it takes to get a rock and roll tour on their feet? Like, tons. And then, the little piss pants, I mean, piss ants, whatever, piss pants, what the fuck am I talking about? I'm so tired. The little ants on the bottom, like the massage therapist, we, the bottom feeders, the fucking bottom. Yeah. We are screwed. No money. No money, honey. No money, honey. So that's why I'm doing OnlyFans. People giving me shit on some people. Some people giving me shit on Facebook. Like, oh, you're doing OnlyFans. Hey, if you don't like it, fuck you. Come pay my rent, which is $2,650. Okay? You think I like going on OnlyFans? No, not really. I don't. I definitely don't, but when you have a kid, you know, you got to pay the bills. That's what's happening here. Ain't nothing going on here but the rent. People cannot give me shit about doing OnlyFans, okay? You just shouldn't. I ain't killing nobody, ain't hurting nobody, ain't doing anything with anyone else. It's just me making pictures of myself, blah, 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 okay? That's how it is. It's not a dating website. It's not a fucking dating website. It's... People follow you on OnlyFans and they pay a, a monthly subscription. So it's like Facebook, but in, you have to pay to follow people. Some people do yoga classes. Some people do vocal lessons. Some people do cooking shows. Some people pose. Some people take pictures of their feet. I take pictures of my feet and, you know, other stuff. But, um, you know, live and let live, people. Stop giving me shit on fucking Facebook about OnlyFans. Rude. Like I said, 
people don't like it, they can just send money for my landlord and I don't have to do it anymore. But that's not going to happen. Nobody helps you in this world. You have to help yourself. And if, like the Grateful Dead say in their song, Uncle John's Band, when life looks like easy street, there's danger at your door. Everything I've learned in life, I've learned from rock and roll lyrics, by the way. Of course, starting with the Beatles and the Stones and then so on. Uh, so, yeah, the rock and roll industry is screwed. I'm not naming any names, but a lot of musicians that I know, even ones that you would think are very, very wealthy, are fucking scared and nervous right now. They've, some of them, have moved out of their big houses into apartments and stuff. So the pandemic has really hurt the music industry. And nobody's talking about it. Like, you don't see any articles about it in Rolling Stone or the New York Times or something like that. That would be an interesting story. Because no one's talking about that. You know? I mean, hey, I guess musicians are not essential workers. But we all love their music. And, um, you know, they've taken a hit. And, and no, they don't make a lot of money off their record deals. Musicians, whatever genre it is, they make money off of A, touring, B, merchandise. That's how they make money. They don't make money off of CDs anymore. That's bullshit. They just don't. And so there's no touring. They don't make money. I mean, people like the Stones and ACDC and Linda Ramone, they're making money off of merchandise still. There ain't nobody buying a fucking, I don't know, Steely Dan t-shirt at the moment. You know what I mean? So, okay. I rambled too much. Probably said too much. I'll probably be canceled soon. Who knows? (laughs) I'm just getting started, by the way. (laughs) So, let me know what you think. You can find me on Facebook and message me and tell me what you think. Or you can text my um, spare phone. I have a spare iPhone. And I, I don't want any phone calls because you know I'm fucking busy. But if you want to text me and tell me some ideas, topics you want to talk about, advice, or tell me to fuck off, um... This is my spare number. I'm looking it up because I change it all the time for Facebook reasons, okay? They keep killing my account, so I have to have a new number with it, a new account all the time. Anyways, this is my spare number. Get a pen. Ready? 201-705-2183. And if you're in Europe, I will open a WhatsApp account under that number. 201 705 2183. Of course, you know, America's country code is one. Because we're fucking number one, man. America, America. I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to apologize for my sense of humor. I have a fucking wicked sense of humor. So you better roll with that. All right. So text me and let me know what you think. Okay. Mm.